Get your biscuits out of my oven. What a great way to start today's show, and what a better way to introduce this song to you than with a musician who started playing at the age of eight when her father bought her an electric guitar, which she promptly traded in for a nylon string acoustic model, and she was influenced by the folksy sounds of the Clearwater Music Festival in nearby Tarrytown, New York. Then she got the bug to play any instrument she could get her hands on and uh, learn every song that was blasting on her AM transistor radio, which usually meant adding a harmony to a Motown tune. I'm so glad to introduce you to the very talented vocalist, songwriter, guitar, and fiddle player for Blue Plate Special, Jay Friedman. Welcome, Jay. Why, thank you. Happy to be here. Well, we are certainly glad to have you here. Uh, you know, I remember hearing Bisquick Blues performed live many years ago, but it, it took some time before it appeared in an album. Why the long wait? And more importantly, I think there's a, there's a history behind that track. Yes, indeed there is. So um, most of the songs we record are our original tunes. And that's an exception because our guitar player at the time, James Hempfling, he told us about his fabulously talented uncle, uh, Uncle Gary from Sperry, Oklahoma, and that he had you know, written a ton of songs, and this one song, Bisquick Blues, would be perfect for Blue Plate Special. It turns out lots of his songs fit right in, in the zone there. Um, and we loved it, and we loved the way that James sang it, and it, it became one of our sort of signature tunes. And, and why why so long before you put it on an album? Um, you know, we're so busy uh, writing music and playing. It's um, recording is a labor of love, but it it means you sort of stop everything else and you focus on recording, and that's that's tough. Although nowadays we have plenty of time for recording since <laughs> there are no gigs and uh, the landscape has shifted a bit. But um, yeah, we don't we're not usually um, hell bent on recording. We're kind of out there putting our music out in the world and every couple of years we decide okay it's time time to document and preserve these tunes and, and so. you know uh, not only are you recording uh the sound but i'm i'm really uh fascinated by the cover art for all of your albums I, I, the the uh, back by popular demand looks like it's uh a, a vinyl tablecloth from a from a diner uh, who who does right. all, who does all your art well, up until now, um, my husband, Tom, Tom Wise, has been sort of the in-house graphic guy. He's, you know, an illustrator, so it's kind of a perfect fit for him. This time, we actually did hire 
somebody to do it because we had a very stylized concept in mind. And uh, we found someone who sort of was right there in the pocket for that look. So it worked out pretty well. well and, of had... course, with that, with that title track, Back by Popular Demand, you can tell we don't take ourselves too seriously. Um, since as far as I know, there was no popular demand. But, um, <laughs> you know, a girl can dream. <laughs> well, well, speaking of a girl can dream, your bio states that you picked up playing the guitar the age of eight. D did you learn on your own, or did you also have some formal education? Um, I think my dad was learning to play guitar. You know, it was sort of that folk revival. You know, where have all the flowers gone, and, you know, the blown in the wind kind of thing, and so he got me a guitar, and we played together, and then, I don't know, he thought somehow that uh, I should take other, you know, he was very supportive. Both my parents were supportive, and um, I lived in the town of Greenberg, which is part of Westchester County, and there was a, an amazing summer program that was free for all kids. They gave you instruments to try out, and you could learn to play five different instruments if you wanted to. It was at the county center program. It was incredible. I, I had a lot of opportunities there, so very and, lucky. And did that encourage you to study music in, in uh, high school as well? Yeah, I was the band geek kind of kid, you know, um, I never, I never played fiddle though. For some reason, I, I, oh, I know. I wanted, I wanted so badly to be a, a drummer in the marching band, and I, I played the field drum. And wow, I got, I got a lot of, uh, you know, like bad vibes from the guys. They were like, a girl can't be a drummer. And I went to the band director, whose name was Mr. Ellington, and yes, he was the nephew of Duke Ellington. Um, although we weren't that impressed by that, because I remember thinking, so what, he's his nephew, who cares, you know, but now, of course, I realized that was amazing, and he said, the boys are giving you a hard time, um, here's a clarinet, <laughs> and I just <laughs> I switched to clarinet, I guess I wasn't too uh, gutsy, to, but anyway, none of it really matters, but, um, you know, and then, times were different then. And then you continued in college, and according to your bio, you studied ethnomusicology. Uh, yes. What, what is yes. ethnomusicology? Oh, it's sort of a branch of anthropology where you kind of delve into the culture with a lens that looks at music. And um, I was really interested in Americana and women in country music and the whole Carter family, you know, roots of Appalachian music and how it sort of morphed into country music and how come... It was so male-dominated, and these were the things that I found interesting. So I decided, why not study it? So, uh, and I, I went to this amazing small college within the University of Michigan. It was it's called the Residential College, and they pretty much let you study whatever you want if you have a strong rationale. And um, that's sort of what I sort of crafted my own major. So it was pretty exciting. Now. Now, back to something uh, that you mentioned earlier when I asked about the cover art. You said that uh, uh, Tom uh, was the uh, main influence in much of the cover art. And right. I know that uh, Tom is close to your heart. And uh, I thought maybe we could listen to one of his tunes from your album, Tracks. And Great. it's uh, Ship Comes In, and it's written and sung by uh, Tom Wise. Ship comes in. Mm -hmm. 
celebrate when your ship comes in. Celebrate when your ship comes in. Shout out loud and say amen. It'll carry you through the campaign. Celebrate when your ship comes in. Can't have joy without some pain Nothing venture, nothing gain Celebrate when your ship comes in Shout out loud and say amen It'll carry you through the campaign Celebrate when your ship comes in Ship Comes In, which was written and sung by Tom Wise, and I have the honor of speaking <clears throat> with Tom's wife, Jay Friedman, member of Blue Plate Special. How, how did you and Tom meet? Uh, we met in Ann Arbor, Michigan. I actually went out one night to this legendary bar called Mr. Flood's Party, and there was this amazing country band playing. And the bass player was a mutual friend, and that's how I met him, back in the day when you used to meet people in person. <laughs> yes, way Thanks back in the day, way back in yes. the day. And, and, and so did you start singing and, and uh, playing with him from the get-go? No, actually, I didn't. It was many years later that we decided to collaborate. Uh, we kind of had our little separate orbits, so... Uh, um, I know, it was foolish, very foolish, but it just didn't work that way. Um, 
And but I was a, I was a super fan. He was in some tremendous bands back in Ann Arbor. So it, was it also bluegrass or was, was it uh, a different more genre? more country? I'd put it out or, or maybe western swing and country music. Yeah, bluegrass. We really didn't start kind of getting into the world of bluegrass until we were living in the epicenter of all things bluegrass. You know, Bergen County, New Jersey. So that's when it started. But who knows? Who really knows how it how it all works? And um, you mentioned uh, the other members of your band. Who are they, and and what are they? Uh, what what are their contributions to the band? Okay, well, um, from the you know the band we've we've really been together for twenty years by now, and one of um, the key people in the band is is Dave Gross. He's the mandolin player, singer songwriter as well, and he's also sort of the brains behind the arrangements uh, and he's the recording genius he really knows how to you know do home recording because he's an audio engineer that's what he does by trade so it's not any stretch for him or maybe he's a video engineer that's probably a better description Um, but he is the one who really masterminds these projects and um, yeah and then uh, currently besides Dave and my husband Tom we have a relatively new member of the band. It's been a year and a half now. Nick Conti is our guitar player, singer-songwriter, tremendously talented guy. So we're really lucky to have him. He adds a lot to our sound. Um, uh, a lot I, of fun. I know that uh, you've been personally influenced by uh, some other musicians, that uh, legendary musicians, actually. Uh, can you tell us something about how they've shaped your career? I, I, I think uh, Les Paul and Tony Trishka, perhaps? Yeah. Um, you know, sometimes I wonder who my influences are, because when I write a song, I think, oh, my God, you know, where did that come from? Or, you know, it kind of changes over time. But, yeah, Tony Trishka, he is something else. He is a Bergen County resident, and he's, you know, such that we all know and adore him. Uh, he's got a new project out that we all should be checking out. Um and yeah, he. We just played with him the other day. We played at some sort of event that was for voting. We were playing at a poll in Fairlawn, if you can believe it. Uh, that was a lot of fun. And um, yeah, the Les Paul connection. I mean, that is just insane. Um, I have a a jazz piano friend named John Coliani, like a legendary jazz guy, and he played with Les Paul for a long time at the Iridium in New York on that Monday night Iridium gig. And um, he called me one day and he said, hey, we need a place to practice. I don't have a piano. Can, can we come over and practice? I'll bring Les Paul and the band. We'll practice. And I was like, you want to practice at my house? Sure. And next thing I hear, you know, there's a knock at the door. and It's Les Paul at my door. And so um, that sort of made that connection. And we played with him at, his, uh, at, at the Iridium one night. That was a thrill. Um, you know, you know how it is. It's like you can't even really believe it happened, but it happened. And uh, But I keep an open mind. I embrace all different kinds of music and um, always looking for women singer-songwriters uh, also. There's such a, a crop of young, you know, mega-talent um, coming out of Berkeley now. And, oh, my God, just uh, there's always, always new voices to be heard and new sounds. It's great. When you uh, recently played with Tony Trishka, was that uh, 
uh, social distance playing? How do you do that nowadays? Yeah, well, that's a good question. When we played with Tony, we were outside in a parking lot, and actually the um, the head honcho of the, of you know the voting the election marshal said you you've got to be fifty feet from the building. So we had to actually move to the other side of the parking lot. Very glamorous gig, but we didn't care. The idea was sort of to um, lift everybody's spirits on election day and. Um, it was a lot of fun. And, yeah, we're socially distanced, wearing masks. And uh, that's how we the band practices now. I mean, it's getting tougher with the weather, getting colder. But we've managed to have all our rehearsals outdoors, sometimes around a fire pit. Um, it almost feels like a little a music festival, you know, when you're gathered around a campfire. It's a lot of fun. And we take distancing very seriously, especially when there are all these uh, warnings about singing, that when you sing, you're sort of... Um, you know, your germs are really flying all around. So, um, But, yeah, we've managed to all throughout the pandemic to keep playing together. We have not had gigs, but um, we've done a few projects online where I'm sure you've seen them where it almost looks like the musicians are side by side, but they've done the recording individually in their homes, and then somebody edits all, to, you know, all the four boxes together. We've done that, and um, about... Two or three weeks ago, we had the most exciting uh, film shoot. We were invited by Dave Sloman, who's a local musician uh, who has a band, a fabulous rock band, uh, indie rock band called Waiting for Henry. He was invited to make a music video for Team Joe Sings, a Joe Biden project. And he called us up and said, hey, does Blue Plate Special want to back me up for a Joe Biden you know, tune? And I was like, yeah, sure. So again, we had a distanced photo shoot in our backyard, and it's you can check it out. It's you just have to Google uh, Team Joe sings or Waiting for Henry. By American is the name of Dave Sloman's amazing tune, and oh, we had so much fun doing that. Dana Glazer, who's a local filmmaker, he shot it. It was oh, it was a real lift to be involved with that. So somehow, even though there's nothing happening, we make it happen. It just we we're very busy and we're writing like crazy. We're all just cranking out new tunes and it's um you know, we don't I have extra time on my hands. I'm not out till one in the morning playing gigs, so plenty of time for songwriting, plenty of time for learning new tunes. It's great. And I, I guess yeah. the technology that we have today is uh is a boon to, to helping uh artists in in, it, in dealing it is, with this situation. It is. Um, it's still a little frustrating, even though we can record, and even though I've, I've, I've dipped my toe into this digital audio recording world where I, I now I use Cakewalk. That's my favorite software. I can record a project, and I can swap tracks with different friends. It's great. The thing that we still can't do 100% um, with 100% accuracy is this online practice. You know from your Zoom meetings there's this god-awful latency issue. So we're experimenting with a brand-new program called Jack Trip. It's free. You just have to be clever enough to figure out how to download it and then to basically get into one another's modems and uh, networks. And the latency is slight, slight, not perfect. I think once 5G comes, we'll all be in better shape. But, yeah, the technology is kind of 
keeping us afloat. It really is. Um, I don't know what we'd be doing without it, quite honestly. Well, I'm I'm glad you mentioned 5G because uh, uh, I don't know if many of our listeners know what a rotary phone is, uh, <laughs> but uh, on your liner notes, you call it uh, campy, swingy, and fun. Why don't we listen to some old technology uh, with uh, Rotary Phone from your uh, Back by Popular Demand album? All right. If there are any kids are listening and you don't know what a Rotary Phone is, just Google it. <laughs> down my number on your three ring binder figured you could use a little reminder call me up on my rotary phone take me out for a night on the town we'll stay out of trouble till the sun goes down you got your daddy's Pontiac Awful cozy in the back Take me out for a night on the town special and uh, I have the honor of speaking with Jay from Blue Plate Special. Uh, one of your early albums was Nowhere Fast and, and you wrote that it was a self-fulfilling prophecy that it didn't take long for a song to be picked up by a public radio station and two tunes to be featured in PBS documentaries. Can, can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah. Um, wow. Let me remember now. One was called The Appalachians, 
this beautiful PBS documentary that I guess sort of focused on the history of the Appalachian culture, but through multiple perspectives, as opposed to, you know, settlers, European settlers. Um, and they used Nowhere Fast sort of as the theme song for when there was that migration north looking for jobs in the city. So, you know, it's great image of like that Beverly Hillbillies look of the truck loaded up with all one's worldly possessions heading for yet another miserable, you know, economy. But um, that was one example. And then one day I got this phone call. I thought I was being punked by my children for some, you know, how they have those terrible practical jokes. And someone said, oh, I'm calling from Bill Couturier's you know, Gram, uh, a Grammy award-winning or, uh, you know, Academy award-winning film uh, company, and we'd like to use your song, The Bluebird of Happiness. And I, I really thought it was a joke. So I said, oh, great, sure, have your lawyer, you know, send me a contract. And I didn't really think it was legit. I'm so used to being scammed all the time. So sure enough, three days later, a uh, a contract arrives in the mail and they want to use the song Bluebird of Happiness for a film called Into the Fire that uh, was going to focus on how the role, the roles of firefighters have changed over the years. Not really sure how that song dovetailed, no pun intended, but uh, so they did. That was a real offer to have a song used in a film. So we were thrilled about that. Um, and one time we were playing at down at the Ridgewood Farmer's Market and the man came up to us and said, I love the sound of your band. I have a radio show on uh, Philadelphia Public Radio. Is that W-H-Y-Y? And he said, I need a theme song. Can you guys write me one? And we said, oh, sure. Of course, we scrambled and we wrote a song for him called Been There, Done That. That was Marty Goldenson. And we heard our song on public radio. Uh, and then his song went off the His show went off the air. So we were so disappointed. But, um, you know, again, it's it's... You know, life in the fast lane, you just never know what's, what's, what's around the corner. We're always, opportunities always knocking on our door. Well, you know, we're ready. We're ready. Well, we're coming to the end of our program. Uh, I have one more comment to make, but bef before I run out of time, where can listeners get your music? Well, um, here in 2020, the easiest way would be to find it through a streaming service, um, including Spotify or Apple Music, that kind of uh, platform. So it's so easy to find us. There are other bands called Blue Plate Special, um, but you know, if you're looking for Jay Friedman Blue Plate Special or Back by Popular Demand Blue Plate Special, you will find us. We're there. We're ubiquitous. We're all over YouTube. You'll find videos. And then there's our website, uh, which is easy to find, too. And you can see videos. We're all over the place. But um, right now we are working on new songs, and we are, we are sure that when this pandemic is over, we are going to be ready with um, new songs and new material. And we are, know that everyone's going to be excited to hear live music again. Well, it's going to happen. It's been a real pleasure talking to you. I, I just want uh, listeners to hear or listen to a review of... Uh, one of your songs that I'd like to close out with. And this was uh, a review in By Jeff Berger, where Jeff writes, Frieden, Friedman's moody bed of roses reminds me of the 70s work of Dan Hicks and his hot licks. 
that's quite a compliment. Uh, can you tell us okay. in like 15 seconds or less about Bed of Roses, and we'll close out with that. Yeah, I thought, uh, I actually <laughs> was in Ridgewood Coffee one day, and there was a little cross-stitch sampler on the wall that said, Life is a Bed of Roses, Made of Thorns. And I thought, next song, if that doesn't sum it up, the good, the bad, and the ugly, and so here's a tragic tale that could uh, come from Appalachia or Ridgewood, New Jersey. <laughs> well, thanks again for taking the time to be with us, and this is Bed of Roses from Back by Popular Demand. Jay Friedman, Thank you. stay Thank well, you so and you keep too. on playing. Thank you. Take care. Bed of roses made of a thorn Life is a bed of roses Life is a bed of roses Life is a bed of roses, baby Bed of roses made of Life is a bed of roses Life is a bed of